I'm Pat. I'm a very grateful compulsive reader and really happy to be here this morning. And uh, at this moment, every one of us is abstinent. Yay. Um, why don't we start with the serenity prayer, okay? Deep breath. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I will not mind be done. The topic of this workshop is aging and recovery. My name is Pat, as I said, and I'm one of the leaders for this meeting, and the other speaker is Ellen. Hi, everyone. This session is being taped and will not be edited. Please note that this session might be available online or on a podcast. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. Will someone please volunteer to be the timer? Oh, great. Thank you. Someone got a piece of paper and we can write. I do. Okay. Um, Yeah, so let us know in the first five minutes and then in one minute. So we have five minutes left or one minute. Right. And then um, there'll be three minutes for the, which we'll tell you about later for the regular speakers. Okay. Um, So we've got our our, um, timer. Great. And. We would like to remind OA members who are in other 12-step fellowships to to speak only on your personal recovery as an OA member. So that will come later. But um, right now I'd like to introduce Alan. Thank you. I'm Ellen, a food addict. I'm really glad to be here. Holy mackerel. Um, So the topic is... Aging and program. And the, this is really necessary, right? Okay. Um, got it. <clears throat> well, I was born December 2nd, 1954. And I got into program June 2nd, 1984. So I was 29 and a half, and I felt like a nightmare was about to happen. I was going to be 30, and I had never been thin, and I had never been married. And my best friends had been married at least twice. (laughs) And what was wrong with me? And plus being 30 in the... 50s, 60s, 70s, don't trust anybody over 30. And uh, it was very, it was horrible. So I came to OA because I think I had been to some meetings that I don't remember. Um, I grew up in Lexington, Mass., And after graduating college, I went to Florida for four years. And I think in that Florida time, I had found some OA meetings. But I never went back. So here I was almost 30. And uh, lo and behold, a meeting list, an OA meeting list, appeared on my kitchen table. I lived with my parents after moving back from Florida. I was in grad school. I was gaining weight ferociously because I knew that this getting this master's degree was important. I had majored in recreation. Uh, you know, and because I was an escape artist, I had literally gotten a degree in recreation and I knew that it was time to get out of teaching kids how to swim and go get into the corporate world. So I was getting, I was getting serious. I was going to school for this master's degree in business at Bentley, you know, um, working full-time, living at home, and I must have been packing on the pounds. 
Um, somewhere there was this meeting list on the table. I don't know if my mother had gone to a meeting herself or if she was leaving it as a, a hint for me. I'm not sure where it came from. But by then, I was so um, destitute, and I had tried every other diet. I was born chubby. I had had a billion boyfriends that didn't work out. I am a Me Too person that wasn't invented back then. Um, so I had some stuff to deal with that I had never dealt with. And um, there was this meeting list. So I went to Wakefield Sunday, June 4th. And I got abstinent because at this meeting in 1984, they said, turn to the person on your left and ask them to be your sponsor. <laughs> oh, I think it was to the right. <laughs> but, but there was nobody there today. So Anyway, so her name was Pat. And I called her. I had this little food plan. I ate five, five things, you know, like not too many foods on this food plan. And, um, but I had been the oldest child and an over-responsible child as far as taking care of my siblings. And I didn't get, I got positive affirmation, sort of. So to have this lady, Pat, say, Ellen, eat this food and call me tomorrow. So I ate that food, called her the next day and said, Pat, I was abstinent yesterday. And all she had to say to me was, good girl. And I was hooked on getting some positive reinforcement. So I was abstinent the next day and the next day and the next day. And I felt like a good girl. And then what happened was I stayed abstinent. And I'm still abstinent. And I, I did get married, but I had to not have any boyfriends for like a few years in program. I had to not be jealous of women um, and competitive with women. And now I have like really good um, ability to have friendships with women. Um, I did the steps. So I made amends to whoever I needed to make amends to. And I adopted, I have a higher power God that I call him. But I needed some women role models. So as I aged in program, how am I going to get these women role models? And some people had goddess. I didn't never had a goddess. But I took, I have a grandma who died. I have another grandma who died. I have an aunt who died. And I have um, a great aunt. All these ladies had passed away over the years, and I needed them as um, kind of evolved human beings. Now that they're dead, they could be like helpful to me <laughs> if they hadn't been while they were alive. So it's true. So um, one of my last amends to myself had been this uh, abusive scene. Uh, when I had been 17 at UMass. Um, freshman year. It was an, you know, I, I had a, it was a, a bad thing. Just one night um, in my search for a boyfriend. Um, so I turned 60. And I was old enough to be my own grandma. So I called on my grandma and decided what to do. And all my aunties and my grandma said, go find him. 
because you need to make amends to yourself. So I found him. He's a politician, like literally, he grew up to be a politician. And I met him near the State House in Massachusetts. And I told him what had happened, what, what I did to put myself in a situation to be hurt, which is what the big book says. We put ourselves in um, positions to be hurt. And what he did, and what a creep he was. I didn't put it that way, but I described the details. And um, so that's what aging and program, that's a big example of what aging and program has done for me. It makes me make peace with myself and um, kind of clear out the wreckage. So that was a, that was a, that's kind of like a symbol. Um, having my food really clean over the years also is a reflection of how I treat myself. I learned that I remember my first week of abstinence. All right, somebody telling me "good girl, good girl" wasn't a, it's not going to make me abstinent for you know too long. So I needed to find my own source of abstinence, and I remember going to the ice cream aisle, which I had always, always you know, for 29 years, as long as I could walk, I could get to that aisle or, you know, the other aisles in the supermarket. And I was, you know, I was buying my own food so I can, I was, you know, making a, I worked, I was in school, you know, I was an adult, so I could go buy whatever I wanted. And I remembered that they had told me to ask God for help. So I was walking down that aisle and thinking, how am I not going to buy anything? Oh, I'm supposed to ask God for help. Please, God, help. <laughs> and I remember distinctly not going down that aisle. I went the other way. And so that was a radical experience that to this day, growing old in program, I walked down some aisles where there's Halloween candy right now. And because as uh, my ritual for 34 years, I get on my knees in the morning when I remember, you know, because some mornings I, I like literally don't remember. But most mornings I remember, I roll over right in my bed. You can't really avoid it because you don't, I don't even have to go anywhere to get on my knees. I just roll over and say my first three steps and say the third step prayer and the seventh step prayer. So when I'm walking down the Halloween candy aisle, I touch my knee so that I don't have to throw myself on the floor of the supermarket. <laughs> but it's, a, it's a, like a little reminder, like, like a physical reminder. Bing! You know, um, I'm abstinent and I don't need candy. And all it would do right now is kill my teeth because my teeth aren't doing too well right now. Um, there was one point where I had some abstinence about a year in and my relationship with my mom had been fraught with tears but they were not tears of sadness. I was pissed a lot. And I would go upstairs screaming, leave me alone, leave me alone, or, you know, whatever. Um, they called, my mother called me an emotional teenager. So I had this year of abstinence, and I remember I needed, I was very sad about something. I don't remember what happened. And I had never cried out of sadness, only out of anger. So I was feeling the tears come about being sad about something for the first time in my life and crying over it. 
I didn't know what to do. I was terrified. I thought I would be like sucked down into a feeling that I wouldn't be able to come out of. And I remember I was like, I think I was on the floor. I was so nervous about like actually sobbing out of sadness. And I had this program friend. Her name was Gloria. And I pictured Gloria's hand kind of coming down and like pulling me up. And so I learned that it's okay to cry like out of actually being sad. So this last year and a half, I lost my mom. And uh, in May, I lost my brother. And I loved, my mom was okay, but I loved (laughs) my brother. I mean, the hurdle with my mother is she had Alzheimer's and I had to, and I cared for her, you know, physically. I had to, like, learn how to get into the life of a woman with Alzheimer's. Ugh. Fiblets and, ugh. It was like, you know, um, it was like being with a child. But I always maintained my dignity and her dignity. And, you know, so she did die. Um, my brother had cancer over the last couple of years. Thank you. And, um, you know, I couldn't save him. He's my baby brother. I'm the oldest of three. Um, he, he'd stay with me because I live near Brigham. I mean, uh, yeah, Brigham and Dana-Farber. So he stayed with me for a month at a time. He had his bladder removed, his brain removed, not his whole brain, but it had metastasized to his brain and different things over over a year. And then he died, and so now I know like that's the whole point of this crying thing. I cry all the time. And um, and I'm not crying to because I'm pissed off. Well, I'm crying a little bit because I'm pissed off, but Mostly I'm crying because I'm sad. And to actually not be eating over over it, I really wouldn't even want to be eating over this. I mean, that's not very polite <laughs> or something. Or, you know, like, screw you, Bob. I'm going to eat over you. You know, his name was Bobby. Um, I'm mad that he died, but I don't have to, like, you know, destroy myself. Um, and I guess the last thing I'll say is... I came, when I, when I came into OA and had to like eat a finite amount of food, I was hungry in between meals. And that terrified me. I hated that feeling of being hungry. And I went to my primary care and I had lost, you know, some weight. He's, I forget the details what he said, but I said, doctor, I'm I said, I hate being hungry. He, he thought I was nuts. I don't think he knew what. But that was like a very deep thing, you know, to learn to live without, you know, or, or learn to live with. You know, I had to learn to live with my own reality and um, without stooping, as the Jews say, stooping everything down. You know, um, so uh, my reality is, I did get married. So I've been married. I was six years abstinence when I abstinent when I got married. So my poor husband, I was saying, he had to get used to phone calls in the morning, meetings three times a week. Um, you know, no goodies around the house until the kids were born. Now I have a 26-year-old son and a 22-year-old daughter, and my daughter is here. She's not in this room because she's only 22. <laughs> but, you know, I, I squeezed her out at age 41, and, um, and uh, you know, she's a compulsive overeater. Um, I have a lot of compulsive overeaters in my family. But um, I go to another program to mind my own business about that. And um, 
you know, she has a year abstinence, and, you know, I'm really a year and a half, I think, now, and I'm really proud of her. And she asked me to come to this convention with her, you know, like probably because she knew I would pay for it or whatever. But, <laughs> but that's okay, you know. She said she'd pay for the bus fare or whatever because we, we took a bus here. But um, so those are some of the aging things um, that have I've had experience with, and um, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful program. Um, it's been black and white for me before OA and after OA, and um, you know my next plan is with my girlfriends who I hang out with a lot. My, they're not program friends; they're my original high school friends. One lives in California, and she wants to go to Vermont in February. <laughs> so I'm going to see what, how that goes. So thank you. Hi, everyone. I'll put this a little bit further away. You can hear me okay in back, right? I don't know what it was with these mics that bang and clang and crack. And anyway, I'm Pat. I'm a very grateful recovering compulsive reader. Hi. Um, aging and program it was so funny. I'm kind of a pinch hitter because um, I walked out of the elevator and somebody at the workshop desk said, "Oh, Pat, we need somebody in aging." And I said, "That's where I'm heading." And she said, "Good." So, <laughs> so here I am. Um, so uh, I came into this program in 1976, in October, on Columbus Day. And I always say, Christopher Columbus and I have two things in common. We were both lost, and we both found a new world. <laughs> and uh, so uh, aging and program. Um, I, I guess the things that I have to say about aging and program is... Uh, I grew, I grew up, you know, I stopped acting like a child. And uh, so I learned how to, to make mature decisions here in OA. And I learned how to act like an adult. And I learned how to treat people with respect. And I learned, I'm 76, and I learned that getting older just gets better. <laughs> I... Um, Gosh, I wouldn't have the life I have if it hadn't been for this program. Um, I was married, and uh, when uh, I had been in program two years, and uh, my husband decided that he wanted to leave. And I couldn't understand. I was really upset with God uh, because I here I had turned my life around, so to speak, and... Um, and I would think that he would reward me by making my marriage stronger, right? Well, that didn't happen. And what I figured out was that um, I think probably both of us were a little sick when we got married. And when I started getting well, I changed. All the buttons didn't work anymore. You know, I was very predictable. You push this button, I acted this way. You push that button, I acted another way. And all of a sudden, the buttons didn't work, and he didn't know who he was living with. And um, so, uh, anyway, uh, I was uh, I was fortunate in that I didn't have any children, so it was a clean break, um, and that was good for me. And and for the longest time, I thought that he would. It was probably two years. I thought that he would learn the error of his ways and come back. <laughs> Wrong. And um, I found out one day that uh, I was in a store, and one, he, uh, he was a teacher, and the wife of one of his uh, colleagues was in the store, and she said to uh, me, walks up to me, and she says, Oh, have you met uh, your ex-husband's new wife? And I said, no, I haven't. I haven't had the opportunity. I didn't even know he was married, but I wasn't about to let her know that what she told me was news. And so um, 
we talked for a minute, and I looked at my watch and said, oh, my goodness, I'm late for an appointment, <coughs> and, um, and left. Got in my car, screamed at the top of my lungs all the way home, yelling, screaming. And, but it was real interesting what happened. As I'm driving down the highway, this voice says to me, Your ex-husband has decided to start a new life, and you're not to be part of that, and you need to start living your own life. And it was like when I got off the exit, it was just like a page had turned, and I was in a new chapter, and I never looked back from that, that point on. I stopped hoping that there would be someone around to take care of me, and that's the way I had lived a lot of my life. And what I also discovered was that I lived my life in fear. There were a lot, so many things that I was afraid of, and I was, and I thought that I was a pretty independent person. But I was afraid of what people thought. I was afraid of of um, uh, people leaving me. I was afraid of abandonment. And it was like, I've got to stop. Taking, I've got to start taking care of myself and relying on one person, and that person is God. And everything changed after that. It doesn't mean that I'm not afraid at times, but I don't live in fear. I, um, I do things that I didn't think I'd ever do again. I, um, I used to skate. I used to roller skate when I was in, when I was in my 20s. And I actually competed a couple of years. And it's not roller derby. I call it demolition, roller derby, demolition. Didn't, I, I wouldn't do that. They'd get on the floor and they'd kill me before I was around the circle and one once. But I do artistic skating. And on my 65th birthday, I decided to have a week of birthdays. You know, celebrate everything. I made a list of all the things that I used to do that for some reason I just stopped doing. And uh, one of them was we used to raise registered Morgan horses. I hadn't been riding in about 30 years, so I went horseback riding. And then I went roller skating. And um, I found out that there was this place that you could skate. I was uh, retired, um, was retiring, and uh, you could skate on Thursday morning from 10 to 12. And it was adult skating and it was artistic skating, so I decided to go, and I got the bug again. And um, I skated competition. My very first competition was like a year later, and I was like secondhand rose because I didn't have my own skates. I had borrowed my my coach's skates and her her niece's outfit so that I could skate. And, um, And I've been skating ever since. And do a little bragging here. Uh, this year, I skated figures, and uh, I had never placed in uh, made finals in figures at nationals. And there were 25 people that had competed, um, and uh, I made I made the cut, which was exciting. And my coach said, "If anything else, whatever happens, the rest of the the uh, the stop." Thank you. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever happened, the rest of the, the nationals, it was a success. And I ended up coming in fifth in nationals out of, out of the whole thing. So that was like a big thing for me. But um, and I, my, my coach also told me that I had to drop my mantra of I suck at figures, so I can't say that anymore. So, but this, the, you know, the thing is, is that this fellowship has given me so much. I am so grateful for having uh, gotten into this fellowship at the age of 37. Was that right? 42, no, 36. And um, it's just been such a ride. Um, I, I believed in God. I thought that would be the least of my concerns when I, of the steps what I discovered was that I didn't really have a personal relationship with God, and I got that here. Um, uh, and it was because you shared with me um, your relationship with God. My, my God happened to be a taskmaster, 
And um, so someone suggested that I, that I find a different God. And what I did, and what was also suggested to me, was that I take all of the good qualities of the people that I love and that were around me and make that into my God. And that's who my God became, was someone that wanted me just to be happy, that would always have my back, that would love me no matter what, that I could get mad at and then ask forgiveness and it would be okay. And um, that's the God that I have today. And it's the, it's, you know, it's the, it's like um, the trust that I have in my higher power. And I was at a workshop last night and the thing, and it was on spirituality. And the thing was that um, in order to have a friendship with someone, you really need to get to know them. And that's the thing with my higher power. I had to get to know my higher power. And, and the, the only way, and, and to have a personal relationship with that higher power. And that's what I got in these rooms. And I'm so grateful to you for sharing with me what that is all about. Because I am so in love with my higher power, that trusting that believing and knowing that no matter what, my higher power will never fail me. And that's what's helped me no longer live in fear. Because I lived in fear of what other people thought, of things that would happen. I was always projecting into the future. And um, that's not the case today. This program tells us to live one day at a time. And I love and I enjoy this moment that I'm in. Sometimes they're not, my moments are not so joyful, you know, but it's like, okay, God, um, I, I usually will call my sponsor, another OA member, and gritch and moan and complain and then um, uh, get it off my chest and then we, we'll say, whatever your will be today, God, um, that's okay. I know that you'll see me through it no matter what it is and what's going on. And I really trust and believe that. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to be sad. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to be angry. It doesn't mean that there, I'm not going to be fearful at times. But I don't live in that space anymore. And I am so, so grateful for that. How much time do I have? Am I almost done? Oh, gosh. Golly gee. Um, so um, I think... I think I'm going to give that time to you because I think God just pulled the switch off and I'm done. Thank you. Okay, this is your turn, okay? So before, I'll explain it all, but um, when we have you come up, make a line because then we don't get gaps in between, you know, for people that are listening to the tape. So this is the drill. This workshop will end at 9.30 a.m. We will now open the floor for three-minute pitches. The timer will signal you. She's right here. And um, when you have one minute left, if you would like to share, uh, come to... I better put my glasses on. It's easier to read. Um, if uh, you would like to share, come to the front of the room and form a line to the right. Actually, yes, yeah, to your right, my left. Okay. You must sign the release form before you speak. Step up to the microphone and introduce yourself. Tell where you are from and how long you've been in OA. We would like to remind OA members who are in other fellowships to speak only to your personal recovery in OA. Please stick to the topic of this meeting. For those who arrived late, the topic of this workshop is aging and recovery. The meeting is now open for sharing. Now, before we do that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit over there so you can sit in the seat because I'm afraid if we move the microphone, it's going to scream at us. So I will move and everybody sign up and then sit and talk. Hi, my name is Ed, and I'm a compulsive overreader. Thank you both, ladies. Um, I think, actually, I grew up with Pat. Uh, I'm in program 35 years, and I used to meet her at the Concord, walking around with the sandwich board. Uh, and I still refer to her as, because I forget names, that, you know, she used to walk around with the sandwich board. My wife would know who it is. Uh, this program gave me so much, and it's taken away a lot, too. You know, I'm only alive because of this program. Um, changed my life. 
uh, in so many ways. Um, I just wanted to claim my seat. I'm here 35 years and never left. Um, my life has changed immensely. The main thing that happened to me when I got in program, because I thought I was stupid, I learned I wasn't stupid. I learned that I had to learn in a different manner, different way. And um, I was a success in life. I'm, I have a beautiful wife. Don't tell her I said that. Um, she's a lot younger than me. And um, I'm not afraid to tell her I'm a scared. Um, we just bought a condo in Florida. Um, I wanted to buy one for 40 years. And we just bought one. Whether it will be full-time, I don't know. But I, as long as I am alive and I can afford it, I will be at the next Region 6 convention. Thank you all. Good morning, everyone. My name is Chris, and I'm a grateful recovering food addict. Um, I have been in program 40 years. I just looked at my big book um, that has the date 1027 on it, but 40 years ago. Um, and um, I, have, um, I have been abstinent for the last 21 years. And through that 21 years, I have had a number of surgeries in, um, in OA and managed with the grace of God to not have to eat over that. Um, my first surgery was a hip replacement that I was so fearful about. Um, my mother had had a knee replacement when she was about my age, and um, and she had a stroke the night of her surgery. And I was so fearful, and um, I took that to an OA meeting, and I spoke about it. And after the meeting, somebody came up to me, and let me borrow a CD about meditating and preparing for surgery. And another thing that happened right at that same time was a book came my way that helped me to find another um, higher power that I could trust and rely on. Um, I'm a firm believer that God gives me the things that I need at that time. And when I went into surgery, as I was being wheeled down, I felt like my higher power was right there. And through the support of the people in, in, our, in program, um, they offered to drive me to meetings. Um, people called me. I, I had so much support over that. And over the last... Um, over the last 10 years, I've had a second hip replacement, and same thing, you know, I, I got a tremendous amount of support from program, but I also had a higher power that I could rely on and trust and know that things were going to work out. Um, and, um, and better than that, I now can roll on the floor with my two-and-a-half-year-old grandson and play with him and be able to get up. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lee, compulsive overeater. Hi, I came into program in 1984, uh, never left. I'm a uh, relapse survivor. Currently have uh, two and a half years abstinence and about 40 pounds off, still working to get the rest off. Um, when I'm thinking of this topic, aging, in a way, one of the things that I had to deal with in my aging process was um, acceptance in a lot of different ways. But one of the things was I had to accept the fact that the food plan that I had in my first year that enabled me to lose 86 pounds in like a 10-month span no longer worked. Part of it was I, because of I, too, I've had two hips, two knees replaced. So during that process, you know, I, there's no way I was active as I was before. 
So one of the things I had to do in uh, looking at my food plan today, I actually did this a few years back, one of the things was to give up one of my fruits. I used to have three a day. I mourned the loss of that fruit, I think, more than the loss of my parents. Honest to God, that's all, that's all I talked about for days to my sponsor and anyone that would listen. I have to give up a fruit. <laughs> and I laugh now when I think of it, you know. But, um, ex- you know, acceptance is the key to all my problems, and that's so true. Um, I have to accept that I, I'm physically not the same person I was even like 15 years ago or more. At one point, I actually walked faster than Pat could walk. We'd go on walks, and I'd be speed walking away. But that's okay. Today, there are things like I love gardening. I can't be down on it. I can get down. It's not a pretty sight seeing me get up, but I do. But you know, I'll, I'll rake things like that. I can't do it the span of time that I used to. But I don't try and dwell on what I can't. I, I try to focus on, well, I can do this for half an hour. And, you know, so the whole thing doesn't get done. I can do this for 20 minutes. So, you know, I'm just so grateful to God that I live in a world of medical achievements that I can walk without a cane or walker today, which wasn't the case even just last year. Um, I still, there's a lot that I can do, and one is coming to wonderful conventions like this where, oh my God, I, I love our OA program and conventions. Thank you. I'm Susan Bulimic, compulsive eater uh, from Massachusetts. And I, too, my first inspiration was Pat when I came in over 34 years ago. Uh, I'm maintaining over a 45-pound weight loss. Is there perfect abstinence? No. I only reached my goal weight, that magic number, two years ago. I said, oh, my goodness, what is that on the scale? One of the mottos, and I only know it looking back, I got this gift about first or second year in program that is for my whole aging process in OA. I came from an area and I came in when the message was, you don't eat no matter what, no matter what, you don't eat till you, that quote type. That didn't work for me. Uh, What works for me is I stay connected to program no matter what. Then I don't get caught in, was my food perfect today? Was my God stuff? Was my, you know, I don't get into the counting and what didn't I do. It's just if I fill the day staying connected, then I have the potential for success. I'm still on the God journey. I wish I had the trust. My sponsors have it. I want it. I'm greedy. But what I got to before the God thing was the gratitude thing. And there's three things, aging and program, that I never in a million years thought would happen. Um, I had no memories earlier than 15 years of age, and I came into program with not in touch with any feelings. How can you do the big book if you have no feelings? I'm starting to have feelings now. Uh, I'm this spring, I'll be 70 years old, and my unique journey is I'm learning to feel like a child. I have no memories of being afraid, scrubbing, scratching the knee. So this whole thing, this is my year of vulnerability. I do not like it. Uh, but I'm trusting that this is an exciting place to be. The other gift that I have to share, I had a lot of injuries. I used to be in sports. My love is volleyball. I thought I could never compete again. And by a sequence of events in the middle of an injury that I could barely walk, Um, This June, God willing, I compete in the National Senior Games in Albuquerque in volleyball in the 70 to 74 age group. So there there is life between 50 and 100. Anything can happen. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm a food addict and compulsive eater. And... um, I am from Brookline, Massachusetts. I've been abstinent 
in program for 14 years and 11 months. Um, and especially the past year or two has really been about accepting aging for me. Um, I'm 54. I hit full menopause at 45. Um, and one of the previous speakers talked about acceptance. And I find that um, I think the fact that I'm in this program and I've learned to practice acceptance um, has been so helpful as I've had to accept things about my aging. So um, about 14 months ago, I had a very bad flare-up of what turned out to be arthritis. And um, I didn't even know I had arthritis. I knew my neck had been bothering me for a while and, and stuff, but... Um, and I had to go through, I went through a whole grieving process around having arthritis. I'm like, I can never use my hand again that way, you know. And um, I love yoga, and I can't do yoga in the ways that I used to. I can't reach, I can't put weight on my hands, um, you know. And I went through a time where I was bitching about it at my meetings. Finally, I walked into a meeting Sunday morning, and... Um, this gentleman said to me, Rachel, we don't want to hear any more about your arthritis. And I was like, yeah, okay, I better shut up. But um, so it's been just 14 months, and I'm really at a point of acceptance with it. But, um, but it's also about accepting that, um, of course, I've had to have less and less food on my food plan as time has gone on. Um, I've had to increase my cardiovascular exercise. Um, and... I've had to accept, you know, I got through in-program um, abstinently with my father dying to this disease, my mother aging, um, and, yeah, my own things that just happen when you're over 50. Um, aside from the arthritis, like, my vision doesn't work the way it used to. Um, there are just other, like, physical things, and, um, but it's okay, I don't have, my waist doesn't go in like that the way it used to. <laughs> you know, I don't quite fit in the same skinny pants I fit in, you know, in my earlier abstinence. And, um, you know, so I'm learning to accept that that's okay. And, um, and that's, you know, really a big deal for me. And um, practicing acceptance, because acceptance is really the answer. So thank you. Good morning. I'm Jane. I'm a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. Hi, Hi. And I've been in the rooms 44 years and three months. So when I came in, I didn't have gray hair. I didn't wear glasses. And here I am, aging in program. And I've never left the rooms. I know people come and they leave and they come back. I've never left. Through thick and thin, I have kept coming back. When I've been in a good place, I'm here. When I'm not in a good place, I'm here too. Uh, I've lived now 40 years longer than my mother. She was 38 when she died of this disease. In 1954, cancer was a death sentence, and oh, I was not born yet. So here I am. I'm so grateful. And also, when I came in, I didn't sign the We Care book for about four months because maybe if I put my name there, somebody would call me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I, all through school, I could never stand up in front of class and talk. Look, I am. I'm so OA gave me a voice which I didn't have before program. I, I, you know, just didn't. I didn't have self-worth. I didn't have confidence. I'm a worthwhile human being, and by the grace of God, I'm here. And this, too, it's like the, the God of my understanding today is a loving God, not the punishing God that I had when I came into the rooms. So I just feel just so blessed, and thank you for sharing. It's, aren't we so lucky to have this program, to have this fellowship? Marcy. Anyway, it's like, you know, getting older in this program, it's like I come back and I see people that I haven't seen. I saw someone yesterday that I have known all these 44 years, so it's really so nice that, you know, I've seen a lot of people come and go and not come back. So by the grace of God, I keep coming back, and they say, bring your body, and your head and your heart will follow, and it has for me. So keep coming back, people. It works when you work it. Thank you.
Hi, I'm Bobby, a food addict um, from um, Waltham, Massachusetts. I've been in program now 18 and um, I don't know how many months, um, 18 and a half years, something like that. And um, I uh, don't have perfect abstinence all those 18 years. I'd love to tell you it was back-to-back, but I had a break um, a little while ago, and I am now almost two years abstinent again. And I didn't even know I had a break. That's the funny thing. It was like uh, one of those things that just kind of slipped away. Um, And um, I never left, and I never picked up sugar and flour, so I thought I was abstinent, but I was putting on weight. And I blamed it because I'm getting older. Yes, uh, two days ago, I celebrated my 61st birthday. I hate to say the number, but um, because I don't feel like that at all inside. I'm opposite. Um, I don't have, I had issues before I came into program. I was 260 pounds when I came in here. I'm maintaining right now a little bit more than 130 pounds plus um, weight loss. So twice as big as I was. And um, you know, uh, when I was out, I gained probably about 40-ish, maybe 40, 40 pounds, maybe upwards. Maybe I've lost about 45, 50 pounds um, since I was um, had my little eating in the restaurants too much. Uh, moderate meals don't work for me. I have to do weight and measured. That's just me. Um, and so for me, before I came to the program at 260, I had back issues. My feet hurt all the time. Um, my uh, blood pressure was... Uh, 200 and something over 150. I was going to have a stroke, and um, I didn't want to die by the time I was 45, and that's what the doctor told me. So I came... Now, that happened on my birthday in 1999. I came in here in March of 2000, so it took me that much longer to get desperate. Um, I came in here, and after my first four months, I lost my mother. She died, um, but I didn't eat over any of that. Oh, And um, my father died six months after that, and I feel in better health now. Like, I don't have any health issues. I can walk, like, fast. I teach, so I'm on my feet all the time. Um, you know, I went back to school and got my master's degree for special education. I got the job I always wanted from the time I graduated in 1980 and couldn't do it because there's no jobs. My whole life is, like, an amazing, amazing job. So when I hear the number 61, and I know it's not a big deal, but that number, I think, ugh, you know, but... I'm better off at 61 than I was at 41. You know, my life is incredible. And I'm still single, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on which way you want to look at it. Um, And I'm really now seriously thinking of, at 61, signing up for, like, eHarmony. So anybody that's had any experience like that, you can let me know if it works. Um, I'm a little scared. Or if anybody knows anybody that's looking for a nice, short, blonde girl, keep me in mind. Um, Thank you. Thanks. Good morning. Uh, my name is Laura, and I am a recovering compulsive overeater, undereater. Hi, everybody. So, about that guy with the beautiful wife. <laughs> All those people in the room know that's an inside joke. So, uh, I came into program almost 30 years ago in March, and uh, I didn't come in because I needed to lose weight, although, truthfully, I was on my way up the scale. I did give away weight, uh, 14 to 16 pounds for my top weight, and uh, but I couldn't stop eating when I came into the program. So, um, aging and recovery is difficult. I appreciate everybody owning up to their foibles, because I have a lot of them. I mean, um, I'm taking a drug that suppresses my estrogen, and as a result, like, my face is starting to droop (laughs) in a way that it didn't before, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to look like a puppy dog soon. But, you know, like, this is what I have to do to to live. This is what I have to do. And I'm like, okay, Laura, it's not that bad. Go get some more sleep, drink some more water, and your face will puff back up again. (laughs) You'll be okay. So this is the stuff, you know, like I work out when I can, and oh my God, my legs are so tight, and now i got to roll them and do all this stuff. And then I'm like, okay, so maybe you should just rest. And I'm always, you know, like my disease tells me, well, you know, this is going to go on forever, and it's not going to get better. And I'm like, of course it gets better. You rest, you don't work out for a day or do whatever you need to do, and it's fine. But this is like the hysteria of the fear of aging and the fear of whatever, And thank God, you know, I have a program that teaches me how to cope with this and how to not stay in the fear, to 
just say, look, thank you know, like every day above ground is a good day. I mean, and I'm above ground today. Thank you, God. You're all above ground with me, so thank you. So it's it's good. And I do a daily gratitude list, like five things a day I'm grateful for. And a lot of time, it's really basic, like my eyesight. I can walk. I can. Sometimes when I get down on the floor, honestly, like I have to use all fours to get up <laughs> because I'm, I'm a little tired. And I'm I'm not overweight, so it's kind of funny to me on some level. But I'm like, hey, listen, as long as I get up off the ground, that's all that matters, you know. And you know, like people are talking about their hands. Like I have a damaged finger, and I have to be careful and. You know, the bottom line is, thank God I'm here. My worst day here is better than my best day out there. And I'm so grateful. Like, I can walk, I can talk, I can see. My, my memory is not as good. I need more sleep sometimes, whatever. But ultimately, every day is a gift. Thanks. Yeah, my name is Marilyn. I'm a compulsive over and under eater from uh, Montreal. And uh, really grateful uh, to be here today. I haven't, uh, I've been in program for, uh, I, I came in just after my 30th birthday in October and I just turned 70. So it amazes me that I've been in program longer than I haven't been in program. And uh, when that happened, the year that that happened, it was just. Uh, it was just amazing to think it's like part of uh, the whole way program is just part of my DNA at this point. It's just part of my life. Uh, you know, a really important part, not, not even a part. It's like the basis of my, my life, and it's um, taught me so much. It's just, just so amazing. And, um, yeah, so somebody once said to me, like, oh, Marilyn, you have it made. I've been abstinent for, like, 26 years, and... Um, I, I was a relapse survivor before that, but I've never dropped out of program. And, um, yeah, somebody said to me, oh, you have it so easy, you've been around so long, blah, blah, blah. And I, it's, you know, this disease in the big book, it tells me that it's cunning, baffling, and powerful. And I find in some ways the longer I'm in program, the more, the more cunning it gets. And uh, my sponsor recently said to me, you know, if... If uh, I call it my addictive voice said to me, like if I got this message, go and binge, or um, I have a lot of anorexic thinking often, I don't want to eat. So if my voice says that, I would never do it. I would like recoil, you know, like it says from a hot flame. But it doesn't, my addictive voice is sneaky. It, does, it says like lick the spoon or, you know, it doesn't say go binge. Because that's obvious, I'm not going to do that. But you know, but I could just sneak a little bit here and there, and that's what it does. It's like it's just so, it's just so amazing. I find it gets more cunning and and powerful as the time. I heard that many times in program that as we're in recovery, our disease gets stronger and stronger. And I couldn't believe it, but now I see it's happened to me. It's very true, um, and that's why I'm still here after all these years. You know, I still go to my meetings, like, they're really so important to me. It's how I get grounded. It's how, you know, talk about aging and recovery. There's, a, you know, aging in, in program, but there's also aging in life. Like, I feel like my body is falling apart. And, um, you know, I have a chronic, not life-threatening, but several chronic health issues, and it just pisses me off. And... Um, <laughs> You know, there's a lot of loss and sadness and grief around it, and I have to accept that. Um, I'm quite... Uh, I, I have visual problems, hearing problems, you know, arthritis, all kinds of stuff. And it's just... It's, there's a lot of grieving, and I have to accept that. So, um, anyways, I'm grateful to be here. I haven't been here for a few years because of, uh, um, you know, just because of issues going on, so I'm really happy to be, to be back. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. We have two minutes. We're closing. Thank you, everybody. Um, we'd like to thank everyone who attended this workshop, and could we now close the meeting with a serenity prayer? Uh, why don't we circle up?